Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the WEI Celtics podcast powered by CLNS Radio. I am Jared Weiss, joined as always by Samuel Barnaby Packard. I never get to say that. How you doing? I'm doing pretty swell. We've got Benjamin Rohrbach from WEI, Yahoo, Ball Don't Lie, and just from appearing in our lives as various characters. Joining us here on the podcast, we want to say RIP to Fife Dog. We're going to be bringing you Tribe Called Quest during the show because it's one of my favorite groups of all time and because Fife was one of my favorite rappers of all time. So let's talk to Ben about some important basketball stuff and then we're going to play a fun game we are going to identify celtics players based on mark Wahlberg characters in various mark Wahlberg films it's going to be messy it's going to be silly and it's going to be absolutely hilarious let's do it ben you wrote a uh, a column last night that i thought was pretty interesting about the toronto raptors and saying that uh the celtics if they're going to face the raptors in the playoffs basically the raptors are not the real deal and the celtics don't have to really worry about them. Can you just kind of explain your thinking behind the column? I guess my point was that, I mean, I wasn't necessarily saying the Celtics would beat the Raptors in the series, but if that's like their toughest opponent, then I feel like they can, I certainly feel like they can play with them and they certainly, they wouldn't be scared of them. Not like they were against the Cavs last year. It's not like they're totally overmatched. Um, Bismack Biombo doesn't scare you. <laughs> he kind of does, but uh, I don't think he scares Evan Turner. No, I think I just think if that's the like the best that the East has to offer, then then that's a good sign for the Celtics because I feel like they can play with them, even though they lost, you know, three or four, and the one they won, they didn't have Lowry or Carroll or Patterson. But I, I just feel like. They're not totally overmatched by that team. That was the kind of thing about last night that was disappointing with Lowry not playing is you didn't really get to see the Celtics kind of gauge themselves against the team directly above them in the standings. And we really haven't seen them play a lot with Carroll either. But the game in Toronto when Lowry was playing, it felt like the the Raptors came out and basically just kicked the Celtics' ass. And I know Jay Crowder's not playing, so it's not the full Celtics, but... The Raptors have a pretty talented team, and uh, the Celtics had yet to beat them this season. So I agree with you that they're not might not necessarily are like guaranteed to beat them in a series, but I think it's definitely doable, and a reason why this team has the potential to go to the East, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, yeah, they they might not be favored, but it's not like they're going to get swept. It, it, I think it would be a series. 
regardless, you know, they win three of the seven or whatever. But I feel like it would be a series. It would be competitive. I mean, how do they stop? They were able to survive DeRozan on Wednesday night, but how do they do it when Lowry's actually back out there? Well, I mean, they threw they threw three guys at him uh, last night: Bradley, Smart, and uh, Turner. Um, and that's that's why that's one of the reasons I think that they match up well with them because they have, I mean, Bradley and Smart are two of the best, you know, on ball. Or, uh, guard defenders in the, in the league, so um, you know to have two guys that are capable of defending him and split time, that's probably better than than a lot of teams can do. One of the problems with the matchups with the Raptors is because of their two skilled guys are both at their guard positions. It's difficult to have Isaiah Thomas on the court, or at least as a defensive perspective, because you're not going to want him to go one on one with Lowry or DeRozan. So you're probably going to hide him on a Terrence Ross uh, type player, and if Damari Carroll's playing, then it's, there's going to be a mismatch somewhere. But at the same time, the Celtics can't score without Isaiah Thomas on the court. Uh, right. The differential numbers are absurd, and it's really been a problem with Jay Crowder being injured and Evan Turner going to the starting lineup. But that's something that kind of concerns uh, me about the Celtics moving forward is no matter— when it comes to the playoffs, you're going to have Isaiah playing the majority of the game. And is he going to be any uh, sort of defensive liability because they cannot really survive without him on the floor? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that killed them against the Cavs last year. I mean, they just put Iman Shumpert on him or somebody bigger and he, they just pretty much totally took him out after the first couple of games. Um, so I, I agree, but I don't know. Like you said, they could they could play they could play all three of those guys, Smart, Bradley, and Thomas with um, Crowder if if the Raptors went with DeRozan and Ross and Lowry and uh, Carroll. Um, so I, I feel like they have options there, but but you're right. I, I mean, there is a problem with Thomas defensively. And, you know, that Cavs series where they were able to trap, uh, they were able to double-team Thomas 30 feet away from the hoop pretty much nonstop for three and a half games, that really prompted Stevens to focus on setting up, I'd say, rotations where the lineup is built to get Thomas off the ball and give him the ball on the move, get him the ball while he's making curls around the wing, you know, getting uh, down screens to help him out. And we're seeing, especially when he's playing out there with Turner with the ball in his hands, they're such a lethal combo because nobody can keep up with Isaiah, and he's he's able to slip through under. I mean, I'm waiting for him to just like dive like dive through Amir Johnson's legs on a pick at some point, and then come out the other end and dunk the ball. I mean, he's when they have him off the ball, and they have a guy like Turner. I think Turner is the only guy in the team that can actually pull it off right now that is a really competent passer and can, you know, he can make other plays off of the pick and roll. Bradley and Marcus Smart, when you run the pick and roll with them, they're they basically either going to try to get around the screen and make a drive and then try to drive and kick, or they're going to have to reset. Turner's the only one they can actually improvise because he has the ball handling skill and the vision to be able to pull it off. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, that's, that's a great call. Turner is the only other guy that they have that can – sort of create his own offense so um so they're gonna have to find playing time for him and, and smart has been terrible lately so maybe that's where he, his minutes come from there well let's talk about marcus smart um 
terrible, terrible month of March and just absolutely atrocious on offense. I have some fancy statistics. In the month of March, he's only shooting 28%, 17% from three. He's averaging seven points a game. Um, just not what you want to see from Marcus Smart, especially it's inconsistent after he had that uh, that hot shooting month after the snow day. Uh, but the problem with him is we don't know if the offense is ever going to come. And I know that may be too reactionary and judging a guy in his second year, but you, I would imagine at this point we would have seen strides in his kind of mid-range game so it, he's not so reliant on his outside shot. And that just hasn't been um, falling for him either. He's attacking the basket more so recently, but it's not um, producing results. And is yeah. Mark, what happens if he doesn't develop an offensive game? Is he just uh, destined to be like a, a Tony Allen 2.0? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably the perfect description of what he would be if he just doesn't develop offensively. I, I mean, he's too good of a defender not to like stick around, but but yes. Yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because, like, I would love to have any person would love to have Tony Allen on their team because he's that good a defender. But at some, he's I don't think you can ever start that person because, especially in today's NBA, you kind of want to have people who can play both offense and defense. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't be sort of what everyone envisioned last year when he kind of um, started playing really well down the stretch and was starting for a team that was basically winning like 60% of its games. Um, but yeah, that's too bad. I I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to develop a shot and maybe his sort of like intermittent injuries disrupt any progress that he's making in that regard. I don't know. And I mean, I, I obviously think it's way too early to make some sort of call on it, but oh no, we're being rash. Yeah. But the, I mean, the downward, yeah. the downward trend is a concern and, Especially, I think it's that he hasn't figured out a way to make up for it offensively. That he's not hitting a shot, so he hasn't been able to figure out a way to get to the uh, get to the basket more consistently. Um, the improvement since last year on his dribble drive ability is definitely there, but he still hasn't figured out how to finish among the trees. His vertical is still not quite what we thought it was going to be coming into the league and based on what we saw in college. And I'm wondering if it's just still lingering lower body injuries that's limiting that. But a huge part of it, he's I mean, he's someone that can finish at different angles near the rim. He can finish pretty much anywhere in the paint, but he doesn't really get looks very often. So I'm wondering if it's still there's a little bit of an injury concern that's affecting him. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he seems to be banged up pretty much throughout his career with the Celtics, so... You might be right on that. He just doesn't seem to compete at the rim, and so that might be an issue that you're talking about. It might be just not have the verticality. But I feel like anytime he drives to the basket, he goes up looking to draw contact first and not really trying to go for a make. And I think we're pretty spoiled watching Isaiah just do absurd floaters. He's been on like a weird and one mixtape tour the past week, just <laughs> with his son of like randomly throwing behind the back um, in his layups and then passes, but. With Marcus, it's just you haven't seen it. And the same thing with Terry Rozier. I've been very impressed with his ability to get into the paint because that dude is the fastest man I've ever seen yeah, play basketball. Yeah, it's unbelievable watching live. It's, it's crazy how fast he is. But you will never see him attempt a layup because that's just not part of his game now. So he is very good at penetrating and then dishing the ball. But I think it's maybe just a thing for young point guards because you gotta. it takes some time to learn all the crazy angles that apparently Isaiah knows. Yeah, I mean, he was a really good scorer in college. I don't know, maybe he's just, you know, tentative. 
so far in limited minutes. They, they get, I feel like they get nervous when they have like two minutes to shine. I mean, trying to drive on Bismarck Biombo in like your fifth game of consistent minutes, it's pretty daunting. <laughs> he should just dunk over him because he's Terry Rozier and he's the best athlete in the history of time. I am waiting for him to just go straight up on guys and just try to dunk on them or finish over them. There were a couple plays in the game on Wednesday where he, so if he sees a completely open lane, he will attack it like crazy and I'll throw up a shot. It might hit the rim if he's lucky. It depends. But he had one play where he basically, like, kind of, he was on the uh, on the left wing, and he put on a crossover on his guy. He had a little bit of a lane, and then he saw Jason Thompson kind of step in there. And even though he could have attacked and at least tried to draw a foul or make a play where he could pass out of there, he saw that and he immediately, tr- he literally turned around and looked to just pass up and reset. And those are the kind of things that he's going to have to just you know suck it up and just make that play. And you know if he gets if he gets humiliated, so be it. But he's got to if he's got to learn that, or he's got to just be able to take the risk of attacking small opportunities and not just waiting for wide open lanes. And the guy that he reminds me the most of as a limited playing rookie is Rajon Rondo. And I obviously there's a lot of differences there, and we haven't seen him pass like Rondo was passing early on. But the way that they only could drive and like, you know, straight open drives to the hoop, the way that they were kind of letting they were just trying to focus on running around on defense, trying to make the right pass to the next guy and let him be the playmaker. There's a lot of similarities there. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think with experience, you made the point about Jason Thompson. I think with experience, you'll realize that, uh, you know, he'll know guys like I can take I can take Jason Thompson. This isn't like uh, Andrew Bogut. Hey, Jason Thompson had some blocks last night. Don't be knocking uh, Jason Thompson. (laughs) My bad. Sorry, Jason Thompson, if you're listening. No, don't go back on it. Stay a Jason Thompson (laughs) hater. All right. Let me suck Jason Thompson. Damn right, Jason Thompson. Let me, <laughs> ben Rohrbeck. Let me knock on Jason Thompson real quick. So uh Pile I, on. I don't even know how to say that say it in real life, but would Jizzy, W J S Y at Celtics blog, uh one of my C V brethren there, wrote a really nice little piece where he showed a couple plays on how basically the Celtics figured out that Jason Thompson doesn't know how to defend the pick and roll. So in in the early fourth quarter when Isaiah Thomas really got going, they kept running these plays where they would set staggered screens where both Amir Johnson and Jared Solinger would set a screen on. It was usually Biombo and Jason Thompson, and Thompson would be trying to ice it. So he'd be trying to sit under the screen and catch the ball handler and then let the guy guarding the ball handler switch back. But he was always way too late, way too far, couldn't react well, and that let Isaiah Thomas get wide-open shots. And there was this really nice play where Jared Solinger kind of, like, tosses a little, like, lob pass to Isaiah on the top of the key. Jason Thompson is sitting, like, on the free-throw line, and Isaiah has a wide-open three, and he nails it. And they just really took advantage of Jason Thompson. And that's one of the things that I think is going to – it's not going to be available when they play Toronto in the playoffs because Jason Thompson is not going to be getting serious minutes. Well, I would like to commend Woodjizzy on his uh, analysis there. Here's the question, though. Um, I complete. For, oh no, when did Brad Stevens? When do you think Brad Stevens figured this out about Jason Thompson? Do you think it was an adjustment, like in the third quarter? It's like this guy doesn't know what he's doing out there, or do you think Stevens had it in his pocket since uh, the game in? Uh, well, I don't know. Did Jason Thompson play any minutes in the game in Toronto? I'm basically trying to ask you guys how much of a wizard is Brad Stevens? He's probably known, yeah, he's probably known since Jason Thompson was like in high school, and Brad Stevens was like a assistant at Butler or something. 
I think Brad, when he was, I forget the company you worked for, when he, when he was a marketing executive, you probably saw Jason Thompson at an elementary school, and you said, this kid's not going to be able to Doesn't have it. the 1-5 pick and roll. No way he has it. And he just filed it away for later memories. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. I forget what story it was in, but that he took his wife on like one of their first dates, the high school basketball game. Was like one of my favorite Brad Stevens stories ever. I bet when when Brad has like played and his kids have play dates, he's like looking at his kids' friends, thinking, "I know exactly how we're going to defend this kid twenty years from now." <laughs> he's just always thinking about basketball. All right, the C's have a five game road trip coming up where they play the Suns, the Lakers, the Trailblazers, the Golden State Warriors in Golden State, and then finish. Who do I who do I leave off? The Clippers. They did not finish. That order was absolutely atrocious. Don't listen to me on that one. <laughs> Uh, the big but question Blazers, is Blazers, Warriors, Lakers. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the big question, I guess, it's really ideally you'd want the Celtics to win two of those games, the guaranteed ones, and maybe steal a third. But without Jay Crowder, who really knows what's going to happen? The thing is that he's going on the trip, so he may return. So Ben, I want you to be a, a Bay whisperer and tell me when Jay Crowder will return to the lineup if it's going to be on this West Coast trip. Ah, uh, I'm going to say the Warriors game. I mean, I'm sure he wants to be back for the Warriors game. So, yeah, I'm going to say the Warriors game. All right. He is, he is walking around in the locker room um, without a boot or anything, just walking around in sandals. He's very festive on the bench. He's very active. I think we, we could expect him back, at least for that game. But to be clear, he is wearing a boot when he's going out on the court. When he came out after halftime, he was wearing a boot. I mean, who knows? Maybe he kicked somebody on the way out, and they need it's to put a precautionary it back in the boot. boot yep. Precautionary boot, but I yep. think they have zero chance of beating the Warriors at home if Jay Crowder's not playing. So I don't know if you would try and rush him back. It's obvious a type of injury where you don't want to rush anything because he's much more important to the long term plans for the playoffs. So it would just more be fun to see the Celtics at full strength trying to take on the Warriors and give them a, another loss as they go for seventy two. Yeah, because if he's, I guess if he's still a little ways, they have the Lakers and then the Pelicans back at home after that, so they could kind of hope to win those two games without him, keep him out till almost the end of the season, I guess. Actually, one last question there: What's the game you're looking forward to the most on this road trip? I mean, the Warriors. <laughs> That's like the biggest test. I mean, the Clippers will be fun too, but and the Blazers are are playing really well, but. And Kobe's last game against the Celtics? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think we're, the we're done with the retirement tour. I don't tour. care for the Kobe story anymore. All right, let's listen to some Fife Dog. If you can't extend it, then you might as well suspend it. If you can't braid it, best thing to do is fade it. I ask you, did you hear? You tell me, Diane, maybe if you were you and just you. Talk to you, maybe, but I can't stand. No bionic lady trying hard to look fly. Joe, you're looking dumber. If I wanted someone like you, I would have sworn with Jamie Summers. You want to be treated right? See Father MC or check Ralph Trespin for sensitivity. Because I am not the one. I got more game than Parker Brothers. Fight dog is on the mic and I'm smooth like butt. All right, Ben. Let's, uh, let's talk about what we brought you here to talk about. That's right. We're doing the official. We need a name for this. This is the Celtics Mark Wahlberg All Star Team. Who's Wahlberg? Who's Wahlberg? Um, Wahlbergers. Yeah. Wahlbergers yeah. galore. All right. So the story is Mark Wahlberg was in the crowd at the TD Garden last night, which shows you kind of how 
how pathetic Celtics are like the are in terms of celebrities. Like he just shows up once, and everyone's talking about Mark Wahlberg. Like the Celtics deserve a better courtside celeb, but it was exciting. I think Mark yeah. Wahlberg's the ideal courtside celeb for the Celtics. I want someone better. It's a problem. Boston doesn't have a lot of celebrities yeah. living in the Boston. Rock was, the Rock was there during the playoffs last year, I think. He was, at, he was there at one game after like one of his movies was coming out. I need a hometown. Like, Can Matt Damon move back to Boston for the playoffs? Like, I feel like we need... Just more energy in the building, but nonetheless, yeah, we, Mark, we need like Henry David Thoreau, you know, someone that really yeah. represents Boston. Ralph Waldo Emerson, <laughs> Samuel Adams himself. All yeah, right. ooh, yeah. At least Paul Revere's horse could sit in the fourth row. <laughs> ben, you created this exercise where you're trying to match the current Celtics roster to a, the characters um, portrayed by Mark Wahlberg in his many films. And yeah. As we discussed before, um, I don't know many of these Mark Wahlberg films, so I'm going to rely on you and Jared to uh, to give me all the information. So let's we're going to do it. Start with the movie, and then we'll try and think of the player who best represents that Mark Wahlberg character. So let's start with early Mark. You know, beautiful young Mark, and the, the most iconic and the best film I think that he's ever done, which is Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights. Okay, this movie I've seen. Yes. Wow. So who is the Dirk Diggler of the Boston Celtics? Yeah, who who would make the best porn star? I have, I have. <laughs> That's another have, way to look at it. I, 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 it's not I just a porn star; it's like a troubled porn star. So that's yeah. like that's there's kind of a dark past in there. So you kind of have to factor that in too. I have the definitive answer for pretty much all these movies, but I will listen to arguments. Well, you're the guest, so I want to hear yours, and then I can see if I can argue against you. All right, mine is Jonas Cherebko. Oh. Yeah, he's no. too good. Yeah, he's just... too good. That's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> he ca- he comes out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, he is the most handsome, devilish man in the locker room. Yeah, can you, I could see him in the mirror just pumping himself up. I mean, Jerebko all the way. You know, and I'm pretty sure that mink coat that Jerebko wore a few weeks ago in the locker room was actually taken from the movie. That's that thing just screams '70s all over it. <laughs> I just like to imagine Jonas Jerebko hanging out in his, like, wherever he lives in Boston with a girl on roller skates and just always <laughs> referring to her as Roller Girl. <laughs> yeah. With, like, what was, was there, like, a little uh, Asian man throwing those firecrackers around the house, too? Oh, yeah. that That's the Jerebko household. That's when he <laughs> that's, keeps him normal. I'm down with that. All right. I agree. In 100%, Jonas Jerebko oh. is Dirk Diggler. Oh, plus okay, the plus perfect. the alliteration works uh, perfectly. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah. All right, give us there the next go. movie. Next, okay, let's do the next movie, uh, Perfect Storm, a classic, an emotional tale, a thrilling, thrilling adventure, and a Boston local. Hold okay. on, let me let me let me remind uh, myself because I don't think I've seen Perfect Storm in a while. He plays a guy from Gloucester who's a fisherman who ends up in literally the perfect storm with George Clooney. Yeah. And to be clear, he's from Gloucester. Oh, I, the, that that was assumed. Anything? Plays, um, any other plot points I need to know? Well, he plays Bobby Shatford. Ooh, Shatford! <laughs> That's a good name. Yeah, and um, yes, blue. Co- I, I I see this as the the blue collar awards, sort of the guy that might that might wake up at like four thirty a.m. and just put in a solid day's work. If he wasn't, you know, playing basketball, he'd be. Just, well, I got yeah. an answer for that. Tyler, Tyler Zeller. Oh, wow. I like it. I like it. 
even kind of looks like a like a North Shore fisherman. That's, that's what I was thinking. Is yeah. like Tyler Zeller, if he wasn't playing basketball, I could see him just doing a, a number of hard labor jobs and enjoying it because he just loves to work. That's true. I had Amir Johnson, but yeah. I, I kind of am swayed by your Tyler Zeller pick there. See, I think the big dog, Amir Johnson, has a bit too much uh, personality, a bit too much swagger to be the, uh, the blue-collar uh, fisherman. That's true. Do you think Tyler Zeller could get a young Diane Lane? Oh sure, yeah. He's a, he's a he's a catch. He's no, a, I don't think he could. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. You're, giving, asked, you're I, giving Diane Lane too much credit there. I asked Tyler Zeller uh, whether or not him or his brother had like a bet on tonight's game between UNC and Indiana, and he said no, not really. We don't impact the game, and I was just so disappointed. I was like, that is the least interesting response you could have had to this question. That is the most humble response you could possibly have. It, well, there was. There was one thing I was watching with him where he was like, it was like, oh, we're going through rookies' backpacks. It was like a series. And his backpack was like a Bible and like a collared shirt. <laughs> and I bet I feel like a non-flavored chewing gum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, give us the next movie. I want to mix it up a little bit here. Let's do Ted. All right. Mark Wahlberg and Ted. Yes. he's uh, this, this movie, he is John Bennett. And he is Thunder Buddies with a talking teddy bear. And I'm wondering who on the Celtics do you think would be Thunder Buddies with a talking teddy bear? Hmm. Can I? I gotta. I gotta say it's R.J. Hunter. I got nothing. I I would like to hear your pick, Ben. I went with Terry Rozier. I feel like it is one of the younger rookies. I don't know. I feel like. Anybody who's eating spaghetti sandwiches and doing the weird stuff that, that he was doing. All right, that's fair. Yeah, and Terry's got that edge and that cockiness to him that uh, the character and Ted had, so I guess that's more legit. <laughs> all right. I mean, all due respect to RJ, but he's a pretty sweet, humble guy. Terry's Terry's got that edge. He's got that swag, you know. And yeah. Mark Wahlberg had a lot of swag. He was he was one of the hottest commodities in Boston in that movie. Don't didn't he get to uh, date Mila Kunis? Yeah. Yes, there's another factor. I feel like I feel like Rozier's got that swagger to him. I've I, I watched Terry Rozier on Snapchat and he's fascinated. Mostly it's just him uh filming himself just rapping in the car, which it's just endless entertainment. But today I learned he was getting an IV in the hospital after being sick last night. So the things you learn from Snapchat. Wow. Yes. I, just, Terry Rozier, I, yeah, break, Terry Rozier broke his own news of Sam Packard who looked at his Snapchat. So. He looked to be fine. He, no. It was more of a Snapchat about uh, just boredom of being in the hospital, not like he was in any great pain. But sure, he uh, he's friends with a bear. All right, next movie. Okay, <laughs> so I want to do a complete 180 from Ted, and let's go with Max Payne, which is an acid trip of murderous violence. I have never seen Max Payne, and nothing comes to mind when you say it, so please tell me what happened. I'd say another—, another I, I'm trying, I, Okay, so it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. All right. It was whoa, a complete whoa, waste whoa. of money. Okay, I'm hearing— It was I'm hearing... so terrible, I could not believe it. I barely even survived the entire movie. I think Jack Reacher is the only movie I've seen that was worse than that. All right, so I'm he- hearing arguments yeah, I'm a- against Max Payne. Let's go to the pro side. Uh, Mr. Rohrbach, your yeah, thoughts? I'm, uh, I-, I love vengeance films. I think the Punisher with um, the guy from Hung. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name, but the the original Punisher. I think his so name more- is just the guy from Hung, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that movie opens with, 
him and his wife are both having family reunions in like the Caribbean in the, together. Wait. Wait, they brought their two families together <laughs> to have a joint family reunion? Or it was just happenstance that they were, both of their families chose this random Caribbean island? Guy from Hung, you're here too. What a coincidence. Yeah, no, he, uh, I think he was retiring from the FBI. So, like everybody does, they invited the entire fam- their entire family and their wife's entire family, which is probably about 100 people, to this remote island. And then... Everybody but the Punisher was killed. Wait, are we talking about the movie The Punisher or Max Payne right now? Oh, this is The Punisher. Sorry, I'm just <laughs> is Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg even in The Punisher? <laughs> no, I think he's in the, I think he's in the same universe technically. Oh, so yeah. we're just going to deep dive All on right. the movie The Punisher. Let's transition to Max Payne because to we Max don't want to lose everyone here. Sorry, now we're back to Max Payne. Wahlberg is Max Payne, and he. A similar situation where his entire family is murdered. And, how so? How so? Uh, I can't recall actually. Doesn't it have to do with the um with whatever the medication that he's taking that's making him hallucinate and have superpowers? I, I barely, There's a video game around this. Is am I correct? They brought yeah, the, the movie was made game. out of the video game. Oh, it's based yeah. on a movie based on a video. It's game. like Resident Evil or, or Tomb Raider. Okay. Yeah. So he, and he goes on a murderous revenge uh, for the people who killed his family. So, and, Mil- yeah. and Mila Kunis joins him on the ride. Mila Kunis was there again. Another Mila Kunis. And, and Mila Kunis, the same Mila Kunis from Ted. It's the same person. Same character. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, right. and he's, uh, he inflicts Max Payne. Oh, and, now I get the name. Yes, yes. And, um, and uh, so... I, I view this guy as the, um, the strong, silent type. He barely... He barely speaks a word throughout the whole movie. He just basically kills people. And who is so, that? And so who on the Celtics is most likely to go on a silent but murderous rampage? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I have, I mean, I have Avery Bradley. Oh, obviously, yeah. That's so clear. It was clear as day. <laughs> the, the little dog, as he's known by me. Oh, man, yeah. he's he never really speaks before pregame. He's always has a headphone in, just contemplating ways to um, murder people. But he's an assassin. He'll bully you on the perimeter. He'll nail that 20-footer at a, a tight, in I a agree. tight space. I mean, he could snipe you from far away. He can bludgeon you up close. He is Max Payne. All right, that's a perfect fit. What's the next there movie? We go. All right, next movie. We got to do... The glamorous movie Rockstar. Mark Wahlberg playing the biggest rock star in the world. A reliably, inconsistently crazy but incredibly talented, beautifully haired man. Who is that on the Celtics? Yeah, so he so he is uh, Izzy Cole. A cover, he, he basically is a cover band singer who becomes the lead singer for the band that he covered when the lead singer leaves. And then he lay, and then he goes on this long journey that ends up where in the end he's just more happy being like a chill is- coffee shop acoustic artist. All right, so who's the pick to be Izzy? I remember this movie. Jennifer Aniston's there. There's a, a fun scene in a recording studio where the other the first guy quits. It's a it's a good VH1 classics movie. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Agreed. I- I have uh, Kelly Olynyk. Oh, ooh, uh, oh, the hit, the bun himself. Is this a hair of, analogy? The hair definitely mm-hmm. plays. I don't yeah, know that, if Kelly Olynyk has the kind of personality that would be performing on stage and wanting to, wanting to be a rock star. 
All right, I, I got to jump in with mine here. I think this is the perfect landing spot for Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah is this incredibly flashy, extravagant, flamboyant guy that always hits that high note every single time Ooh. with that fail. Always closes out the show beautifully. He came in here replacing Rajon Rondo, who happens to now be where he was before, just like how the lead singer from the band in Rock Band or Rock Can anyone name uh, – do you know the name of this sweet band he joined? Oh man! It was a great I name. Sh- I can't remember. I should know it. I All right, so someone it. someone tweets this to us after the show. We're gonna look it up and regret forgetting it. But I think Isaiah is the perfect analogy. And I mean, Mark Wahlberg's character was a lot more reckless and obnoxious and selfish than Isaiah was. But I mean, these comparisons can't be perfect. But there's just so many things that fit in there to make him the ultimate rock star. Okay, I have the name of the band. It is Steel Dragon. Oh, Steel Dragons. I'm going to go with um, Jared Sullinger on this one. I feel like he kind of wants the limelight. In the locker room, you go in, talk to him. He's the loudest one there. He's always kind of talking, smiling, joking around. I feel like he wants to be in front of the camera. Um, But that's really my entire basis for saying Jared Sullinger. He also has a silly haircut, so maybe maybe two and two can go together. What's the next movie? All right, let's go to The Departed. Mark Wahlberg, not the main character, but definitely the most important character as far as I'm concerned in this movie. Incredible supporting actor performance. He shows up, he screams and curses at a bunch of people, and shit gets done. Who is Mark Wahlberg in The Departed? But he ends up being right in the end. That's right, and he ends up cleaning up in the end. Yes, I think this is his best performance, and um, I think he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for this. Oh, he better have. I mean, a lot yeah. of guys got nominated for that one. As you're saying, Alex Baldwin was legendary in that movie. One guy comes to mind as you're describing it. Let's hear it. Jay Crowder. Just a hard-nosed guy, no nonsense, doesn't put up with any BS, and he's going to do the job right. Mark Wahlberg in The Departed, Jay Crowder in life. I feel wow. it's still a perfect mix. And he's the ultimate support guy, the ultimate supporting actor. Great glue guy in that department, Mark Wahlberg was. You should have seen the way he dealt with jurisdictional control. Really just got in there, <laughs> did some crazy stuff. I'm pretty sure he just screamed the fuck out of everybody until he had control. Yeah, but he did it well. No. All right, I, I like it. I had, I had Tyler Zeller for different reasons. I felt like he would make, maybe make the best detective on the team. Uh-huh. Like he would actually be solving crimes. But he's like kind of the thinking man's detective. I feel like Mark Wahlberg's character was the... Uh, kick ass and take names later and just not ask questions and just a lot of police brutality. And that's and that's why I think he's Marcus Smart. Because Marcus Smart is the guy – he's not the main guy, but he's the guy that sets the tone. Just the like our dog. Mark Wahlberg set the tone. He was the dirt dog. And he comes in there and he throws a bunch of stuff against the wall. Uh, he might throw up ten shots and make one of them, but he's still out there flying. He's still out there setting the tone. He's still out there trying to kick some ass and trying to take down – uh, Whitey Bulger. All right, I'm sold. I'm sold. Jay Crowder's too much of a star. Uh, it's more of a supporting role character. And that's why I think Jay Crowder fits our next film, Lone Survivor. The Ooh. tale of Mark oh. Wahlberg and his platoon trying to survive in the Afghan desert. And they take on so many, so many bad guys, and they just keep kicking ass. They're relentless. He's versatile, and he's the leader, and he's the guy that closes out in the end. He survives. He was the only one, though, unfortunately. So he was the the only survivor. Yeah, if only they could think of another title, maybe lone survivor. There's about 15 minutes in the movie where he's just falling off cliffs onto like jagged rocks, like the like in the Simpsons when Homer tries to jump the Springfield Gorge. (laughs) It is exactly like that. I mean, he is. It goes on forever. You're like, 
how is this guy? I don't, I don't know if that's an accurate depiction of what happened, but if it is, that guy is unbelievable. Oh, the jagged rocks, how they jagged. <laughs> All right, that's a good pick. I, I, oh, who was your pick for Lone Survivor, Ben? I had um, Cody Clark. Getting out of the D-League, getting it onto the team. Oh, that's a good one. He made the journey from Portland, Maine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Double 10-Day Contract, surviving 20 days out in the wilderness, just like Mark Wahlberg in Lone Survivor. Yeah, that's, that was my pick. All right, let's move forward here to the other guys. One of, I'd say, probably Mark Wahlberg's funniest performance of his career. He and Will Ferrell team up to replace the dumbest and most uh, heroic detectives uh, Samuel L. Jackson and who's the other one? I can't remember now. He's basically was playing, it The Rock, the other one? I think so, but he, yeah. he's basically playing the exact same character as the guy in The Departed, just hard-nosed <laughs> cop who does just does things his own ways and is real loud and swears a lot. So, But now he's got a more starring role, so yeah. I don't know. So, Ben, who do you got for the other guys? Yeah, I had uh, I actually had Sollinger in this just because he's kind of like a, a funny guy, he, or he thinks he's a funny guy. I don't know. He would be good in a buddy cop movie. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Jared, uh, he's the one that like tries to be funny all the time, and it lands maybe. Or it's more like uh, it's more like obnoxious, uh, you know, messing around with everybody kind of funny. I feel like that fits better with Mark Wahlberg in that movie. All yeah. right, that's fair. Next one. All right, so we got a couple left here. Uh, skip that one. Screw that one. Oh, just because we talked about it off the air. Shooter. What the hell was that movie? Shooter. Ben, walk us through it. Wahlberg plays Bob Lee Swagger. Wait, He's son the- of Bob Lee from ESPN? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the swagger version of Bob Lee? Nice. <laughs> he is a retired sniper who lives basically, I think, on his own mountain at the top with, with only his German Shepherd. What's the German and- Shepherd's name? Good question. Bradley I bet it's got Lee Swagger. Super badass. Yeah. I think it's named after one of his ESPN um, colleagues. So Maybe his, his dog's name is probably it's, like John Anderson or something like that, or Scott Van Pelt. It's a, it's a, it's a hairless <laughs> chihuahua named Scott Van Pelt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so he gets a knock on the door, and it's the government. Oh, the goddamn government. <laughs> and... Uh, Basically, they they convince him to assass- assassinate the president or something like that. I can't remember who he's assassinating, but it was all just a plot to frame him. Um, and then he spends the rest of the movie on the run with Kate Mara, and it's a fantastic movie. All right, so who's your pick? Wait, would you say he... Um... <laughs> Never mind, who's your pick? <laughs> Wait, I want to know what that question was. I was just going to use the same question I used before. Would you say the, uh, he had to snipe his way out of his predicament? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes, he does. So he, he encountered sniping. a lot of problems where shooting someone from a very long distance was the exact solution needed to solve that problem. Exactly. I think the movie opens where one of the first scenes is him shooting cans from the top, from like three miles away from the top of his mountain. But, um, yes, and he, he keeps sniping people. So I, I went with R.J. Hunter. All right. R.J. Sniper is his nickname. In, in theory, that works, but we haven't really seen it yet. Yeah, that's true. True. That's uh, why it's got to be Kelly Olenek, the sharpest shooter on the team. 
And I could see him living. I could see him living in a cabin. Himself. Yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah. He yep. likes the outdoors, presumably. He enjoys the mountains. Yeah, he did wear that wolf T-shirt. That's right. Karma Loops got him supported, ready for the wilderness. Mm-hmm. All right, so two more here. We got to go to Pain and Gain. Never heard this movie. Don't know what you're talking about. So this is please the, explain. Mark Wahlberg plays a deranged meathead, uh, uh, full of himself. Who I I never saw it. So Ben, why don't you bring us up to speed? Oh, um, Pain and Gain. I have that. He is a um, Wahlberg is Daniel Lugo. <laughs> Danny Lugo. <laughs> Danny Lugo. Basically, he's a bodybuilder from Miami who. Uh, wants to be rich and gets caught up in a kidnapping and extortion scheme with uh the rock. Ooh, sounds fun. Yeah. Um I think it's a Jerry Bruckheimer production. So you know it's classy. Yeah. So who you got? So wait, wait, I, I want to hear more about this movie. Uh okay. eventually in the end, I'm assuming the scheme Hits a few roadblocks, but then they figure out um, how to get out of it with some more violence. And eventually Mark Wahlberg gets maybe not the money he was looking for, but the happiness he was actually looking for. Am I am I accurate here? Yeah, he's after the uh, the American dream. He's all about the American dream. And does and, he get um, it in the end? Does he get, does he get the American dream, bro? I'm sorry, but... It, he does not. Oh, oh, shocking. Does The Rock get the American dream? Does anyone get the American dream? Is this a metaphor? Um, no, no. He he goes to jail in the end. Oh, that's the American dream. Justice. Yeah, Justice was I served. So. Over-incarceration. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's All right, true. so who's, which Celtic would uh, fail at being a criminal? And then go to jail. I have Evan Turner. <laughs> I like that. Explain yourself, so sir. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like anybody who can get run out of gas in, in what was it, a Ferrari or a Lamborghini on the side of the highway? It was a red Ferrari. It's somebody who would definitely be involved in a bodybuilding-based extortion scheme. Which I feel like I feel like Evan Turner's had a few offers. Hey, buddy, would you like to join this bodybuilding-based extortion scheme? <laughs> yes, yeah. Yep. I'm... I'm going to go with Jordan Mickey on this one just because uh, I'd like to see it. I don't know anything about his personality that would say he'd do it, but he's probably got a, a better body than Evan Turner. I could see him being a bodybuilder, and I'd like to see him uh, caught up in some some drugs and crime. That sounds like fun. See, this is where I think Terry Rogier comes in. He's a pretty jacked dude. He's a pretty cocky dude. I think he kind of fits. I think he, would, I think he could do anything with The Rock, and it would work out pretty solidly. Yes, true. I think we're some sort of breaking rules because – was each player supposed to have their own movie, or I don't think you can fit it I that much. I think you got to fill it by the movie. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, tangential Mark Wahlberg movies that we've left out, but, I mean, we're going with the key ones. There's Invincible. We could touch Invincible quickly, but I want to get to what I think was one of his greatest movies, The Fighter, playing Mickey Ward. Mm. Now, of course, Christian Bale sold the show with an Oscar-winning performance in that one, but he was still really good in that movie. It was a great, it was a really good movie. I mean, Conan O'Brien's sister was one of his sisters, I think, in the movie too. So you can give her really props for uh, props for stealing the show. But who is the fighter on this Celtics team? Well, I have, um, I mean, I have either Jordan Mickey or Kelly O'Lenick as the Irish Mickey. Oh, so, uh, I see. 
but I, I, I wasn't a big fan either when I think I was just trying to force this one in because I was running out of players. See, that's a problem. I think it has to be Isaiah in this one just because they're constantly talking about the adversity in his life and he keeps coming back and proving people wrong. Yep. Uh, was Joe, was uh, Mickey Ward a lefty? Um, was there anything about Southpaw? No, it was, it, it was head body, head body. It's t- entirely different. I mean, but... we know Jay Chillenhall was a Southpaw. Yes, in no. the movie um, in Left-Handed the movie Southpaw. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to say it's Isaiah just because he keeps fighting, keeps fighting, and um, can hurt you he both just... ways from the head uh, and in the body. Do you think he lives in Lowell currently? Yeah, I'm sure he has a nice renovated loft in uh, the abandoned mills, and he it's a nice condo space. I'm sure that's uh, where Isaiah spends most of his time. I, I, I concur. All right, so I asked Evan Turner which Mark Wahlberg film he thought he would be, and he went with Mickey Ward. Uh, and he he said he liked, he liked Mickey Ward from The Fighter, which was mm. the boxing movie, as he told me. Um, and he also loved Mark Wahlberg in Four Brothers, and it, he really he really liked that one. So we didn't even touch on Four Brothers. I mean, Tyrese was in it. So how could we? I haven't. How could we forget? I'm Tyrese? afraid to admit right now I haven't seen Four Brothers. It was a pretty. It was actually a pretty solid film. Yeah, it was. It wasn't any, anything special, but it was good. It was good. But Evan Turner would be Mickey Ward or uh, or Mark Wahlberg in Four Brothers, whatever his name was in that movie. So that's where he weighed in. But then I asked him who else on the team could you could you pick, and he said that Isaiah Thomas would be Mark himself. A versatile, smart guy who relates to the people. Quote, unquote, Evan Turner. Wow. So like Mark Wahlberg from Entourage. No, I think Mark Wahlberg from Courtside at the Celtics game Wednesday night. I, he would just, he he would just, just be, be Mark Wahlberg. He would just be Mark Wahlberg. They're, I can't wait to see Isaiah Thomas in the next Transformers They're movie, both the very short and yeah. yet still successful. That's true. They both have killer biceps. I think most of their most of their skill is really in their bicep. They like biceps. they're friends now, and they like pointing at each yeah. other. It feels like a perfect match. And Isaiah did say he wants to be an extra in one of his upcoming movies, so we could see this play out pretty well. It'd be great if Isaiah Thomas was in the next Entourage movie playing Mark Wahlberg. Whoa, that is a mindception yeah, right there. That would be great. And, and Mark and Mark Wahlberg. So Isaiah Thomas playing Mark Wahlberg goes to a Celtics game, and look who's playing Isaiah Thomas, played by Mark Wahlberg. Well, then you get a bunch of blackface issues. That is. Uh, I don't think Mark Wahlberg's going to want to go into it. It's the Entourage movie. movie. I really don't think it would take it down any further. That's Ooh, fair. Celtic Pride 2, I feel like. This is <laughs> it's like Pride that's right. Where's David Wayne's when you need him? It's like yeah. Celtic Pride 2 mixed with um, Freaky Friday, a body switch movie. It, it It's basically we already have the script written. It's pretty good. And even more important question, since this show has gone off the rails away from legitimate basketball talk, as it's supposed to, if they did another Celtics Pride, would it be a... Um, would it be a remake with Damon Wayans Jr. playing Damon Wayans, or would it be a sequel where Damon Wayans' character in the movie, his son, now plays for the Utah Jazz, and Damon Wayans Jr. plays him? Hmm. I think you have to go completely new story, because the first Celtic Pride wasn't that great. Not a big fan. What? It wasn't very funny. That's ridiculous. And maybe it's because I was six years old when I saw it. But yeah, I if, thought that was a great. If movie. you ever rewatch Celtic Pride, you're gonna go this. This whole premise is sweaty. This don't want to not... do that because I don't want to ruin that great movie for myself. I think they'd have to make a new movie. I like the idea of Damon Wayans Jr. Bennett, but he doesn't have to be the basketball player. I like him as a kidnapper. Then, yeah, he'd be great as the nervous kidnapper who pretends to be cocky, but he's really a mess, and so he's biting his nails for about ninety minutes. I mean, All right, great. We've been mi- mixing uh, movies and basketball. I think we should end on this final question. Who on the Celtics would be the best actor? 
in a motion picture? Who would you think could actually pull it off and be somewhat believable? Oh, that is a good question. I I feel like maybe Avery Bradley, just because he could like play. He wouldn't have to say much. He, he doesn't really have a range, though. It's just a <laughs> sad, determined guy. I mean, yeah, Keanu Reeves doesn't have a range. He still gets plenty of movies. Keanu Reeves is a, a talent and a looker. I don't know if Avery Bradley's there. I don't know. There's no one player who stands out as like, that's their calling in, uh, after their career. Yeah, Jarebko. I, I think I'm going to go with Jarebko. Jarebko could be an that. action hero t- tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I, Isaiah Thomas carries himself like a Hollywood actor. There's no question about that. But I think Jay Crowder's ability to flash emotion on the court, his primal screams, his bicep flexes. I think he's the guy that can really he can really lighten up the screen. I would like to Ooh. see him. I'd like to see him star in I, I, he should be in Patriots Day. By the way, Isaiah Thomas has to be in Patriots Day now that I think about it. Hold but, on, I just got yeah. the best idea. It's going to end the podcast because there's no better than this. Brad Stevens in a remake of The Truman Show. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. Uh- just a real examination of the mind of Brad Stevens, and that's you, you have a film that everyone's going to watch. I'm, I'm totally on board. I, I feel like we are in the Truman Show with Brad Stevens. Whoa, this podcast doesn't even exist, man. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, we've gone way too far off the rails, but Ben Rohrbach, thank you for joining us on the WEI Celtics podcast. Uh, you were very informative with the Mark Wahlberg movies and uh, helped us out in a, in a time of need, really. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. And um, I think that Wahlberg uh, thing went way too long. But, hey. Well, you had to get to break it down. We couldn't just throw out random matches without giving the reason behind it. I think it's the perfect length. And I'm sorry. We, we, missed, we missed the most important one here before we sign off. Whoa! Ben, who would you be in a Mark Wahlberg film? Which Mark Wahlberg are you? Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, I would like to say I'm Fear Mark Wahlberg, but I'm not Fear Mark Wahlberg. I think I'm, um, oof, that is a good question. Maybe I'm more like a, uh, the other guys. Yeah, I like that. All right, that. I, like I like that. That, that fits, that fits. Yeah, and I didn't even get to make my joke about, uh, James Young being the Wahlberg from The Happening, which is a movie where (laughs) (laughs) everyone gets the plague and wants to commit suicide. All right, that's the actually the best way to go out. <laughs> yes, all right, let's get out of here. Ben Rohrbeck, thanks for joining us, man. All right, It was Friday afternoon in the middle of June. Heineken bottle caps and the aroma of boom. Around the time, everybody just got home from class. Shooting dice, talking shit, hoping the cash would last. Yo, this was around the time when I didn't know no better. Junie rolled around in the tinted out Jetta. Then he introduced me to that hydro smoke. And I took one too. Yo, I almost choked. See, I never smoked before, so my nerves got shot. Then he told me about the party at the spot jam rock. It was guaranteed on, but I said some chip. There's a joint around the way that's supposed to be real. Chia, chia. All right, big thanks to Ben Rohrbach, the editor and guy who basically runs the Green Street blog on WEI.com. My uh, boss, if I actually had a job. Um... Jared, where can the folks find you on the internet um, if they would like to do so? Uh, they can just go to lemonparty.com. No, they can go to uh, <laughs> CLNS underscore CLNS underscore Jared Weiss on Twitter, uh, Jared Weiss MBA on Instagram. 
I have a Snapchat, but I have no idea what it is. My girlfriend made me get it, and it's mostly annoying, except for following Tall611 Money, who is Amir Johnson, the big dog. He is a legend on Snapchat. Where can we find you? Uh, find me at Sam Packard MBA. Uh, that reminded me of my uh, one of my favorite uh, 30 Rock jokes. You can't have a lemon party without some old dick. <laughs> um, uh, wordplay. Wordplay is fantastic. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the WEI Celtics podcast. And before we sign off, Ben, we got to find him on Twitter. That's B Rohrbach, B R O H R B A C H. Now, I've had trouble spelling that my entire time working with him. So thank you for doing that for me. Don't spell it. Just say it. Siri, Siri will take care of it for you. Don't say it. Oh, no. Say it. Don't spray it. I want the news, not the weather. That was by the boy band Together, which is a made up making the band. Uh, put on by MVB, MTV in like the late 90s. Dude, I loved that show when I was like eight years old, and I had no idea that they made that line up. So. I don't know if they made it up. They probably did make it up. They definitely made it up. Uh, I know my calculus. It's equals you plus me equals us. That's um, I'm talking about, but that's baby. kind of uh, not here or there. Thank you for listening to this episode of WI Celtics Podcast. Please subscribe on the iTunes machine. Give us five stars. Write a review. Uh, subscribe on Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, here comes the five-foot assassin. We'll see you next week. Stirred from a young with a laid-back tongue. The aim is to succeed and achieve at 21. Just like Ringling Brothers, our days in a sound. Captivate the mass because the pros is profound. Do it for the strong, we do it for the meek. Boomin' in your boomin' in your boomin' in your Jeep Or your Honda or your Beamer or your Legend or your Benz The rave of the town to your foes and your friends So push it along, trails we blaze Don't deserve the gong, don't deserve the praise The tranquility will make you unball your fist For we put hip-hop on a brand new twist A brand new twist with a whole heap of mystic So low-key that you probably missed it But yet it's so loud that it stands in the crowd When the guy takes the beat, they bowed so raise up, squire, adjust your attire. We have no time to wallow in the mire. If you're on a foreign path, then let me do the lead. Join in the essence of the cool I breed. The cool out to the music, cause it makes you feel serene. With the birds and the bees and all those groovy things like getting stomach aches. When you gotta go to work or staring into space when you're feeling berserk. I don't really mind if it's over your head. Cause the job of resurrectors is to wake up the dead. So pay attention, it's not hard to decipher. And after the horns, you can check out the viper. Sideways, but competition them must come straight. Wait, competition them try to come sideways, but competition them must come straight. Wait, how's about that? It seems like it's my turn again. All through the years, my mic has been my best friend. I know some brothers wonder, can Piper really kick it? Some even want to diss me, but why sweat it? I'm all into my music because that's how I make tapes. Try to make hits like it could be makes tapes. Me sweat another, I do my own thing. Strictly hardcore tracks, not a new jack swing. I grew up as a Christian, so did I, I give thanks. Collect my banks, listen to Shabarangs. I sing and chat, I do all of that. It's 1991 and I refuse to come back. I take off my hat to other crews that tend to rock, but the low end theory's here. It's time to wreck shop, I got tip and shot, so whom shall I fear? Stop looking, listen, but please don't stare. Suggest to the store and buy the LP or drive RCA, cassettes and CDs, produced and arranged by the four-man crew. And Jeff Anselm, he gets props too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.